Hey everybody, welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Malaysia Harrell and she's actually a board certified licensed psychotherapist. She got her degree from University of Maryland in Baltimore, Maryland, and she's actually pursuing a doctor in philosophy in mind-body medicine with a specialization in integrated mental health. So she actually turned her passion into a career and started Blissful Life Consulting, where she specialized in helping women heal and shift into alignment to serve their life's purpose. So welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. I'm Keisha Milana. And I am Nakia Smith. And thank you so much for joining us, Malaysia. Can you tell us a little bit about what actually got you into starting Blissful Life Consulting? Yes, ladies, thank you so much for having me um, today. And um, I just love how you all are um, really looking at the self-care, especially geared towards entrepreneurs. Um, And I started um, Blissful Life Consulting Um, Basically, you know, after I have performed a lot of, um, provided a lot of mental health treatment for over about 23 years, and I noticed that a lot of times with mental health, we were focusing on, you know, the illness itself and the treatment. And what I've really learned over the years is that, you know, um, treating people is very multifaceted. And so I wanted to look at a holistic way of approaching people's life's issues and helping them to address them. Um, And really the focus is to, like you said, really help women to heal from their traumas and to really shift into alignment um, with their life's purpose. Because what we find is that, you know, sometimes people are on a certain journey because they have you know, fulfilled the status quo and done what other people thought they should do with their lives, or they've been put on hold because they have certain life circumstances, you know, they have children, they have a family, they are taking care of other family members. And what happens is when people start to really shift and have that really um, deep down dive into their lives, they start to realize, wow, there's some things that I don't think I'm doing to reach my highest potential and serve my life's calling. So that's why I decided to do that. I like how you touched on some of the blockages that, you know, people go through in order to reach their life purpose. Mm -hmm. What are some key aspects for somebody who is looking for their purpose? Like what should they be doing to get there? That's a good question. Cause you know, I ask myself that every single day. (laughs) Um, You know, I am shift. I'm in a pivot point in my life as well. Um, You know, looking from a life of service to now, you know, transitioning out into um, full time entrepreneurship. And I think the biggest thing is when we are when you start to feel uncomfortable and when you know you're not doing something that you've been called to do, because you're going to have these intuitive nudges. Or you're going to start bumping your head up against the wall many, many times. And you're going to say, okay, why am I seeing the same thing come up every single time? And it's because, you know, you may not be open to learning and understanding what your true calling is. Sometimes it's very scary. 
So anytime people have questions about life or their destiny, I say to go back to basics and that's basically being still, right? You know, that's a point where you have to get in a position where you're able to get to listen and to hear those nudges of what God is calling you to do with your life. So, you know, blocking out all of the noise, you know, the social media, the television, all of that stuff, you know, what everybody's telling you, because you're going to get advice from a million different people. Everybody has a plan for your life. And some of it is very helpful because they may help you to see, wow, you're really good at this, or you're really good at that. But honestly, I think to hear from God is really the key to success for finding your life's purpose. So being open to it and just know that when you ask God for something, just be ready for the answer. Sometimes it's not the answer you think you're going to get. So it's also having that flexibility to say, wow, there's some things I may need to really do different in my life. And that could include, you know, other people, removing people from your life or removing certain things from your life, because those can also feel like losses. So just be careful, be ready. (laughs) Wow. I love that. I love that. And you also talked about holistically healing. Yes. I think it's super important um, just to use different versions of healing because people think it's, you know, one layer when it is a bunch of different things put together that may work. Yes. So I like that you also have an aromatherapy line. Yes. So tell me about, you know, how do you use the aromatherapy to actually heal or to help your mental health for the people who just think, oh, it might just be like a candle. Um, or how does it actually heal me? Yeah, very good question. Um, because, you know, we talked about the holistic side of things. And I like what you actually said about one size doesn't fit all for healing, right? What what someone did for their healing may not work for you. And that's why we actually offer different modalities of treatment, not necessarily treatment, but exposure to different modalities so that you can figure out what really works for you. And um, last year I did launch the Blissful Home Candy um, line, candle line, scent and home decor. And what I found for myself and my own healing is that, you know, based on my story, I, you know, am a survivor of childhood traumas, significant traumas, emotional, physical, um, sexual abuse. And I, I remember, you know, kind of living a life of excellence because I thought that I would be getting my validation and my love from success. So at a certain point, maybe a couple years ago, I started to realize, wow, it doesn't matter what I do. I still want more and more and more. So those things were the things and, and they're only momentarily, right? So you could give me the best of the best of everything. I'm still going to want to succeed and do more. And so looking at the aromatherapy and the candles, I thought back to a time in my childhood that were very positive times because it's easy to think about the negative times. But guess what? All of those things that you went through basically built who you are today. I don't know who I would be had I not experienced what I experienced 
So I thought about um, going when I used to go to the candy store, getting money out of the bottom of my mom's purse. When I used to have to go to the store, you know, my mom, she struggled with mental illness um, and prescription drug misuse, alcoholism. And so I really, you know, looked at it was challenging. So I looked at the times that were great. And so I decided to start this aromatherapy line of candy scents. And now we are launching our luxury line, which have experience scents. So those are the things that when you were a child, you were thinking, okay, I'm going to go to Dubai or I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Those are the things that help you to elicit those kind of scents. But to answer your question with aromatherapy, basically there are certain types of scents, um, essential oils, things like that that really invoke certain certain reactions to your neurological system. I don't know if you realize, but there's some certain sense in your lives that when you smell that scent, it automatically takes you back to that time. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny, I remember <laughs> my first funeral that I went to as a little girl somebody was wearing like some really strong perfume you know probably one of them really old school expensive perfumes that was so loud when I smell that scent it takes me right back to that funeral so aromatherapy there's so many other things that we you know like we said but that's one thing that can set the mood so when you're utilizing things like meditation like prayer um, like doing affirmations, light a candle, I'm telling you. And you notice when you have like luxury baths and stuff like that, you put on a candle, it just takes you to a whole different place. So I love everything that you spoke about, especially you saying reminiscing about your childhood and thinking negative thoughts because I would find myself doing mm-hmm. that, you know, only thinking about the negative. But then I, I think about it and a lot of positive things outweigh the negative. Mm-hmm. And I think if we kind of like change our perspective and think about the positive in our life and have gratitude for the things that mm-hmm. are going right, then we can just <laughs> have a better outside world. Yes, you said you said it. Gratitude. That's that's the takeaway right there. Gratitude. Gratitude. Absolutely. Yes. And I know you are a therapist. I am also a therapist um, in training. So I'm really excited just to learn from you. And I just want to ask you, like, what 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 modality do you treat from? Like, are you using CBC? Are you using um, DBC? Like, what type of uh, treatment stances do you come from to help your clients? And that's a good question because it really depends on what type of treatment that I'm doing at that time. But of course, when I'm working in the hospitals, you know, cognitive behavioral, the CBT is, has been one of the primary, primarily um, big modalities. Um, However, when you're treating, so I specialize in substance abuse and family violence as well. And so when you're treating um, clients who may not be (laughs) self-referred, you know, the motivational um, therapy is more, you know, utilized for that. So it really depends because I have a background also working in the prison system. Um, I've worked on death row. So, 
you know, it, it depends on where you're coming from, but um, there are, as you know, and as you will learn more, I'm so excited for you to be coming into this world um, that there are different modalities depending on what you are specifically treating. Definitely. And I, ooh, that's interesting. You said you worked on death row. Like, how did that affect your mental health, just being on, you know, death row, helping other people? Yeah, so that's a good question um, because depending on where you work in your clinical field, in your clinical arena, um, it does have an effect on the provider, on the helper, whatever you want to call us. Um, so when I worked in the prison system, um, and I, and my hats goes off to anybody who are first responders, anybody who has served, you know, who serves our country, who serves our cities, serves our states. Um, my hat goes off because we are the helpers. However, we also have, you know, vicarious traumas that, can impact our lives too. So depending on where we come from and what our experiences are, we all experience things differently. And you have to be cognizant of that, especially if you have had traumas in your past history, because sometimes you'll realize, wow, this may not be for me, or I have to do things differently and making sure that I get the support that I need when I'm doing this. But working in a prison um, you, you, um, you honestly feel like a prisoner yourself because the way it was set up in the prison is that, you know, every couple of steps, um, every few feet, you had a door. So it was like a starship enterprise, but a dark starship enterprise where, you know, they had to do that because if there was an incident in that area, they have to contain it. Otherwise, other people would get really hurt. So um, there is a psychological impact there to where you feel like you're also, you know, in that prison state as well while you're there. And you may not realize it overtly, but subconsciously, it's really, really there. And you start to see it for people who've done it so long, you know, just their personalities are just a little different in the way they view life may be different too, so... <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's really deep I, I have a question for you sure. you know we are in a pandemic people have lost their jobs mm-hmm. some people are trying to start new businesses mm-hmm. what advice would you give to somebody who is like probably at the lowest point of their life and they're trying to crawl out of it Ooh, that's that's a good one um especially because you know like you said in a time of a pandemic if especially on top of being at the lowest point. Um, What I say is to, you know, don't, don't be so hard on yourself when you think, oh, well, I was this person who did all of these things or used to do this. If you can get out of bed that day, that's an accomplishment, right? (laughs) If you can wash yourself up that day, that's an accomplishment. But again, sometimes what you see is not real. If you believe in the word you, and you believe in the scene, you cannot believe in the scene. Sometimes you have asked God for something and God has to take you through this journey in order to get to where you need to be. 
So, so at that time, yes, it's hard. It's like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get through this? We've all had those times, right? I don't want to, I may not want to get up. I may not want to wake up, right? Depending on what you're going through. But if you just realize and talk to God and let God lead you through, you will see the miracles in life. You will see the miracles because guess what? You woke up is a miracle. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. You being born is a miracle. So if you're just open and you, like I said, just be still, just be still, but then also seeking help because some of us do need help. If you're at the lowest point of your life, it's okay to ask for help. And a lot of us are not okay with asking for help. So those are the different things, but don't take on more than you could chew, you know, um, but yeah, there's the, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, they have the um, suicide hotline um, and some, you don't necessarily have to be suicidal. Like if you know you're at the lowest point, then you need to talk to somebody and there's no, I mean, you can't call your clergy, you can't call your church, you know, or you feel like I'm not a member of a church. It doesn't have to be a church. And maybe you're, you're too embarrassed for your family to find out you know, utilize what is available to you, make those phone contacts. But generally, sometimes we'll have people that we do feel comfortable and confiding with. And don't feel embarrassed about it. You may think, oh, I don't want, you know, my coworker, we're really good friends, but I don't want her to know what I'm really going through. She probably going through the same thing or worse. So honestly, if she mm -hmm. probably is saying, or he, dag, I wanted to tell you. You know what I mean? So there's so many people who could really relate and connect to what you're going through. But when you come out on that other side, you're going to help deliver so many other people who are in the same boat as you. So. Wow. Thank you. And can you just leave our listeners with just one gem, like something that can just resonate with them for the rest of the day? Um, one gem. <laughs> just one? <laughs> um, I would say to be because what we were talking about today and the pandemic and everything that's going on just be present just try to be present in the moment um, Eckhart Tolle has a book The Power of Now if you haven't listened to it or if you haven't read it it's going to change your life okay the audio book is for free on YouTube but I recall when I was going through a very challenging time when my half brother got murdered and I'm supposed to be this very distinguished person, mental health therapist, and I couldn't go through anything. That was a book that helped me through a very, very hard time. So being present, and we talked about being still, I think that was a big theme throughout our conversation today you'll actually be able to see the beauty of life and you'll see those things through the spiritual realm. And so you won't necessarily see it through what you see in front of you. You're going to see things that are going to give you messages, are going to give you insight, are going to give you inspiration that is coming from your spirit and you'll feel it. You'll feel it. So that's what I say when you start to get those intuitive nudges and those feelings be open to receive them and be obedient to whatever is calling you to do. Mm, that obedience piece is, that's what get people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know? 
<laughs> you told me to do what? I'm not doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you just for stopping by and giving us so much great knowledge and insight. Can you please tell our audience where they can find you on social media? Absolutely. Um, I am most active on Instagram. So I have a couple Instagram pages. um, And one is Malaysia, M-A-L-A-Y-S-I-A underscore H underscore Harrell. H-A-R-R-E-L-L and then I also have my candle scent and home decor company at Blissful Home Candy all one word on Instagram and of course it's on Etsy as well so if you put it in as one word on Etsy you'll get it there too and um, at Blissful Life Consulting and that's where we have our last event was last year before COVID Thank you again for having me, ladies. I've learned so much from you. And I'm just so happy that you're doing what you're doing. And I'm happy to support you any way that I can. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We you're really welcome. appreciate it. And make sure y'all go follow our pages as well. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at 21 Minutes or Less. And you can follow our personal pages. Mine is at Keisha Milana. And mine at Miss Butterfly 21 M I S S. And we'll see y'all in the next episode.